But there's a lot of things I could eat, and then there's a lot of things I should eat, yeah. depending on what the goal is, yeah. right? So um, what I should eat isn't always what tastes good, isn't always what I prefer, right? right? But I know it's going to fuel the kind of performance that I need, or it's going gonna, it's gonna to fuel the kind of results I need. So you're right. Um, where are your gaps? Where are your weaknesses? Depending on what the goal is, um, you might find yourself coming back to the same kind of content regularly, but that might not be where you need to be spending time. You're listening to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast, a show where we invite leaders to have courageous conversations about the journey of leadership, work, and culture. Let's go. Welcome back to the Lippert Academy for Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Carr. Thanks so much for joining us today as we have another courageous conversation about work, leadership, and uh, nutrition. Although probably not like your thinking, uh, we're going to talk about your leadership nutrition and how good is your uh, how good are your eating habits as it relates to leadership and what you do with all of that that you consume or maybe you're not consuming enough. And so we've got a guest with us today, Trace Rory. Trace, thanks for joining us. No problem. So Trace is one of our directors of leadership inside uh, Lippert here, and this podcast came out of a conversation that we had probably a month ago yep. or so. We were driving down to one of our one of our plants uh, down in Fort Wayne. We had a couple hours in the car, and we had this conversation about leadership and and people that are leadership junkies, and they and we consume, consume, and consume. And I dropped the phrase. It's like leadership gluttony. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, there's a podcast. I don't know exactly what it means or what we're going to talk about <laughs> it, but I like the idea and the phrase. And we've had a couple conversations about it. So I asked uh, Trace to come in, and and we're going to talk about it. And here's where it came from. So maybe here's where, here's where we can start. The idea came from that there are a lot of people that will – they would call themselves leadership junkies, right? They love podcasts. They love books. They love books on tape. They're always doing something, something, something. Mm-hmm. But you wonder when you look at someone like that going – well, man, if you're consuming all of that, like your life has to be radically different now than it was a year ago. But mm-hmm. in reality, when you get to know some of those people, and I'm not saying that's all people, but sometimes you get to know people and you're like, well, there is nothing that has changed mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. So that's where the idea of gluttony came from, right? Yeah. It's consumption beyond what's needed. So again, we have no idea. <laughs> Trace and I were going, well, I may need to edit this really heavily. So we have no idea where this is going to go. But as you think about that idea... Um, leaders who consume, 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 but there's there's no real result yeah. to that consumption. Yeah, there's probably a lot of different directions we could take this conversation. There's a lot of apt metaphors, I think, and you said nutrition. There's a lot of different diets people go on for a lot of different purposes. Uh, some of it's to lose weight. Yep. Uh, some of it's to actually fuel performance, right? Um, you know, you use one of the metaphors when we were talking in one of those conversations that... I could eat a whole lot of protein bars, which fundamentally those, are, you know, are healthy right. to some degree. I guess. Yeah. I guess it depends on which one. Some of them are right. very high sugar content. But theoretically, protein bars are supposed to be good for you, but they're really only good if they're fueling a certain type of performance, right? Correct. Otherwise, you could just consume, 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 and ultimately that's not going to be healthy for your body because there's a lot of input, but there's no output. Correct. Right? Yep. So I think that plays out. Uh, really aptly in terms of how leadership can happen, especially in our culture in this day and age. Yep. Leadership and and growth and how do you lead people and take care of people? It's not an uncommon concept, right? Uh, you know, you've got speakers and authors, Simon Sinek, 
uh, John Maxwell. I mean, you could the list goes on. But I think that you know, if you just pull open LinkedIn, I mean, the first eighteen thousand posts you read are going to be some sort of quote, yeah, some sort of thing that sounds really good, and we think, oh, that's really good, that's insightful. Uh, I really like that man. That person must be a good leader, or I'm going to take that. That's going to help me be a good leader. And just the consumption. Or on the surface, just like listing a quote somewhere and, and, and saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's translating to practical application. Like, how are you leading better? Right. How are your teams better? How are they better um, as a team in their chemistry? But how is their performance better, ultimately? Mm. And how are their results better? How are your results better because of what you're consuming? So just because you're pouring in, which we advocate for all, that all the time, very often we find leaders that probably don't pour in enough. Right. Right, because right. they just think I can just lead, 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 and they're not uh, educating themselves, growing themselves, uh, which winds up with a certain result as well. Like people like that typically burn out, or they burn their people out. Yep, exactly. Um, but uh, on the flip side, you get people who just consume, 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 and nothing ever changes in terms of the results or the the people they're leading or the teams they lead, which can be just as harmful because we lose trust in people like that. Uh, we become skeptical of people like that. We think, oh, you're just about the show. You're just about how it looks. Right. Uh, you can say the right things. Yeah. And on the surface, it might seem like, oh, that person's a good leader. They know what they're talking about. But if you actually start to dig beneath the surface and look at their performance and look at their teams, they might not be the kind of leader that you think they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, okay. So there's lots of things there. And I, I know. Wanna, I want to get there's I wanna, so many things. I, I should have had a notepad. So I get, but I want to get to. A couple of questions that instantly come to mind as you talk. How do you know when you should eat and how much mm. um, based off your your role? And then what is the result of when do you realize it's probably not the right it's the mm. right diet, right? I'm going back. I'm going back to nutrition. Yeah. Like, I know, right? right? I, yeah. So you and I, you and I both work out. Although yeah. for me to say to put me in the same class as you working out is you're far above me. You're, <laughs> no, a, you're in a class that is, far that above. That is not true, by the way. <laughs> Says the guy wearing his Spartan jacket around the no. building. Let's be clear. <laughs> but we both, right? We were just talking about this earlier today. Like, hey, man, I've gotten three days in a row. I've gotten to the gym and I've mm-hmm. worked out. And you're like, yeah, I've gotten up every morning early this week and I've been training and it's been really. Good and maybe in the terminology that I'm working sure. out in training for yeah. something specific, but you're you're working out towards a different purpose yep. than I am, and I think that's really important when we think about leaders yep. and what am I doing to grow my leadership? What's the end game? Yep. Right. What's the what's the what am I actually training for? Because that should determine mm-hmm. what I consume yep. and how much. Right. Yep. Spot on. Uh, it's all oriented around what the purpose is, what the goal is, what's the end result. I mean, if, you're, if your end goal is to really only perform for the month or for the quarter, let's say to hit your financial for the month, well, that's going to dictate certain actions. Uh, maybe not all of them good or healthy, right? Right. But if your goal is, yeah, we want to perform well, we want the team to perform well, we want the business to perform well, you've got some key KPIs with that that measure the health and functionality of the business. And you might have some KPIs around team dynamic and chemistry. Well, that's going to orient and shape some of how you approach that month or that quarter. You might be thinking, you know, there's some really short-term things that we could do here. And yeah, those are going to yield a result, but they're going to hurt our Mm long-term as well, right? We're going to burn through people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're, um, yeah, we could implement this thing, whatever that thing is, but it's actually going to hurt our long-term strategy. It'd help us for the month, but maybe not for the year or maybe not for the five years. 
And so it re- I think it really just depends on the goal, right? If my goal is to just lose weight, I'm going to consume less calories than I burn. Right. If my goal is to run that marathon in a really good time, then my pace is probably going to be slowed a little bit. I'm going to make sure my calorie consum- consumption is appropriate for it. Right. And if my goal is to, I don't know, win that 5K, shorter different distance, then you know I'm going to be training differently for that. Yeah. I'm going to be running a little bit harder, consuming uh, and being nutritionally a little bit different. Um, water intake is completely different, but I think it's all determined by what the goals are. Yeah. Like, what are you going towards? And I think that's why we talk it's so important not... We talk leadership, we talk culture, that it's not just the culture isn't a standalone piece. It's a both and along with the business objectives. Yep. Right? Because the, you will get a culture based off what business objectives you're chasing. Totally. And how and how you get there will really determine, determine that culture. So there's got to be a ton of clarity around the business. Mm-hmm. What are we trying to do? Short term, long term, yep. right? And then how do we want people to feel about it mm-hmm. as we achieve it? And that will determine... The style, yep. the intensity of our leadership, yep. it'll determine all of that yep. stuff. Yep, right. It's well said. And I think it will also then determine, and this is to me where humility and self-awareness comes in for leadership, because I have to look at my business objectives. I have to look at how I want people to feel about it, the culture piece, and go, mm-hmm. where am I not very good? Because mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff we can lean. I can find myself leaning into the leadership stuff that I already really, really like. Yeah. Well like said. I don't want to listen. No, no. If he's going to talk about like time management and being disciplined with that, mm-hmm. I don't need that type of leadership. Mm-hmm. I want the kind of rah rah. I think it's really important that leaders are self aware mm-hmm. to go. No, I got to lean into that stuff because I I'm not very good at it. Yep. I mean, again, I don't know how far the metaphor can play, but there's a lot of things I could eat, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of things I should eat yep. depending on what the goal is. Yep. Right. So, um, what I should eat isn't always what tastes good isn't always what I prefer, right? Right, but I know it's going to fuel the kind of performance that I need or it's going to it's going to fuel the kind of results I need. So you're right. Um, where are your gaps? Where are your weaknesses? Depending on what the goal is, um, you might find yourself coming back to the same kind of content regularly, mm-hmm. um, but that might not be where you need to be spending time to be more well-rounded, to mm-hmm. hit the goals that you actually want to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it honestly just takes... I don't know that we're always well equipped to be able to see all of those gaps and blind spots, you could call them, which is why it's so essential to have people around you. It's why high performance athletes, I mean, they pay people a lot of money to have a nutritionist, uh, to have people that work them out. And even if you're like, let's say you're a basketball player, I like the NBA. So there's shooting coaches, Mm -hmm. there's defensive coaches, there's people that are so specified on skill sets. You would think once you make it to that level, you know what you're doing and certainly you do but more than anything those guys realize now like i need somebody that's watching my every move in this area to give me more coaching to give me more feedback so i can continue to perfect right and so it's oftentimes the higher we climb we think i got this figured out i know what game i'm playing um and oftentimes i think if you look at some of the most high performance people across the world whether it's in sports or business these days they always 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 say I'm not the only one who's feeling my performance, right? There's other people that are taking a look at my blind spots that are helping me perfect my craft and what I'm doing um, because uh, we, I think different seasons of life bring different rhythms, different Mm -hmm. habits and behaviors and probably exploit different weaknesses, Mm -hmm. right? And if you don't have people in your life that are able to help with that, it's problematic. Anyways, this is a bit of a tangent. No, it is, but it it fits. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a huge golf fan, right? So I go to... 
you go to a PGA event or you watch and you go to the driving range and yeah. every one of those guys has a swing coach. Mm-hmm. Every guy has a putting coach. Mm-hmm. Like Tiger Woods has a swing coach, mm-hmm. right? Jack Nicholas had a putting coach. Yep. If those guys who are at the top of their game need that, how do I think I could go out and get any better if I don't ever take a lesson? Mm-hmm. Right. It, and I think though, the, like you just said, it ebbs and flows in seasons. There may mm-hmm. be seasons where the kind of coach, the kind of coach I need is specializing in this, yeah. right? Because of where I'm at personally, professionally, maybe where the business is at, right? Startups, it's a different mindset for a startup than a fourth generation company that's been mm-hmm. around for 75 years. If you're a publicly traded company, it's a different mindset than a privately held company, yeah. right? So it takes that level of awareness to go, what am I missing? Or better yet, you probably don't know, so you better ask somebody, hey, yeah. where are my gaps? Yeah. Like, where do you think, where do you yeah. think I could get better? Yeah. Right? So, so we're talking sports and again, we'll see how far these metaphors can play, but talking about leadership gluttony and earlier you were referencing how it can be easy to read a lot of books, listen to a lot of podcasts, post a lot of LinkedIn quotes, whatever you do. Um, and then how is that actually translating to your performance? So what's interesting, so, you know, I flip through Instagram a lot and I follow a lot of, you know, athletes and things like that because I just I enjoy watching what those guys are doing and uh, what's really common and popular these days especially in professional sports is these athletes very regularly will post videos of them working out like they'll be in the gym and they'll be you know taking shots and they'll show kind of their workout routine and their posts will be like getting work done in the gym just working hard working on the craft type of thing and they'll be doing things in these videos that are spectacular they're mind-boggling like a human shouldn't be able to do that sort of thing like hit 50 shots in a row right Right. but then you look at those people's in-game performance and somehow those work arts aren't necessarily translating Mm. to how well they perform in the game Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can show me how much you're learning about leadership. You can say all the right things. You can read all the books. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but you need to have some ability to translate to how it plays out in, into the game, right? And you need to have people around you or some sort of measurable, definable ways to say you're not stepping up in the game, even though you're spending a lot of time over here learning, growing, training, whatever it is. But so, for some reason, it's not translating, right? So you might hit 50 shots in the in a row here, but if you're going one for 12 and you're scoring, you know, two or four points in a game, and like those are really discernible metrics that it's nice for athletes to have. A little bit, little bit less uh, objective when it comes to just human behavioral stuff. Yeah. But um, that's the game, and you you have to have whether it's people, or or systems or processes in your life that allow you to not just be gluttonous without it translating to actual behavioral change or behavioral performance for yourself, for the team, all that stuff. So, yeah, because I mean, take a take a team that that hasn't done very well. Mm-hmm. Take a football team that hasn't done very well. Take the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. If you individually looked at each one of those players and looked at their stats and looked at their workouts and looked at the time they put in, individually be like, he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. That's a, so if we put all 12 of these, 25 of these great athletes together, we should have a pretty good team. Yeah. But they stink. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? So it speaks to, it speaks to something to translating, yep. right? Where's that translation or the conversion from leadership theory and, yep. and, and process theory to actually now going, all right, mm-hmm. now we're in a game and now we got to make the calls and now we have to execute. Yeah. 
right? And inevitably, it usually comes down to one team executing yep. better than the others. And yep. more importantly, one team executing under stress, Yep. right? Because everyone has a game plan. Like yep. I think the Mike Tyson quote, right? Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. Like everyone's got a plan, but what happens when the plan instantly doesn't work? Mm -hmm. How you respond will determine how the team does, right? When the machines are down for the day mm -hmm. or the system crashes. Yep. How do you respond in the next 30 minutes could determine the entire rest of the day or the mm -hmm. rest of the week, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so consuming it all is good, but at what point do you apply it? Yeah. Right? What's your perspective then on, because I think you can let the pendulum now swing really far in the other direction to say, okay, the only measure of somebody being an effective leader is if it translates to these dollars and these hard metrics, right? Which you and I know, like the the chemistry of a team and, and somebody's capability of a leader or as a leader, um, certainly it should translate to some discernible metrics and performance for the team, but it's not always easily quantifiable too because human behavior, stuff like that, it's a little bit harder to quantify and measure, which is the conversation we have all the time. Like how do you measure a leader's effectiveness? How do you measure growth in a human being? So like what's your... Any take on that? Any, what's your perspective? Yeah, and I can see how it's so easy to go there when I just drop the analogy about winning, and you're like, well, fine, then is winning the only metric? Yeah. And I think it will, then you got to go back to, well, what's why do we play the game? Mm. Why, why are you in business? Yeah. Like, what's, yeah. The, what's the purpose? And what's not only the, the primary, what not only the only purpose, but even the primary purpose? Yeah. Is my primary purpose to make as much money as possible? Okay that will create a strategy that you'll execute on. Yep. And that will get outcomes. Mm -hmm. That'll get P&L outcomes. That will get people outcomes. Yeah. Right? Which is why we talk a lot here about, right, the mission. What's the mission? Why do we do what we do? Mm -hmm. We want to develop meaningful relationships, right? We want to make yep. lives better by developing meaningful relationships with our customers, our coworkers, and our community. Yeah. That's what we're about. Mm -hmm. Because deep, deep down, we believe that if we do that well, the operational success, the cultural success, all that stuff will follow yep. that, right? So it gets to be the question, why do you do what you do? Yeah. Right? So now this gets to an internal question of, in sports, it's 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 way more black and white. Mm -hmm. It's win or lose. Yep. Like it is win or lose. And mm -hmm. you will solely be judged on whether you win or you lose. Yep. Right? Did you make a Super Bowl? Did you not? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if you didn't make any Super Bowls, then I don't care what your statistics were. Mm -hmm. Right. Or how well the team got along, or how, or how well much the team we liked got along, another, or even right? how many, even how many divisional playoff games you won yeah, yeah. or went to. If you didn't win the pinnacle, mm -hmm. then, um, then you're not worth being considered as great. Yeah. Right. But in business, what's the pinnacle? Yep. Like you're not going to be the only person in your market. Someone else is going to have success in mm -hmm. doing what you do. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what are you chasing? What kind of game are you playing? And this goes back to cynic, Simon, the Sinek, infinite right? game, the infinite game. Yep. And it's a long game. Unless your game is to, when I retire, I'm liquidating the business mm -hmm. and I'm taking all the money and I'm going to go to the islands. If that's your game, mm -hmm. then you're going to play that very differently than going, no, no, no. I want to hand this off to the next generation. Or I want it to be around for a hundred years. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was, I just in in one of the recent episodes, I said very rarely are people willing to sacrifice the day for the week, mm. the week for the month, the month for the quarter, mm -hmm. or the quarter for the year. And nobody in their quote unquote right mind will sacrifice a year for a decade. Yeah. <laughs> and if they won't do that, then there's no way they would sacrifice a decade for a century. Yeah. But you go, well, no, we're we're proud. We're gonna be around a hundred years. Well, then you better act like it. Yeah. <laughs> because the decision you're making right now are are gonna strictly be for a quarterly gain. Yeah. Because you're worried about the P and L, yep, 
or you're worried about what your employees or your team members will say about you on Glassdoor or Facebook. Mm-hmm. And we make decisions based out of fear yep. of what really drives us. So you're right. That pendulum can swing the mm-hmm. other way. And I think that's what we're talking about because yeah. you're right. There is gluttony, right? But there is also a thing as atrophy. Yeah. Right. Where you can work and work and work and work and exercise and train and train. But if you don't feel at all mm-hmm. or feel right, you'll actually do more harm than good. You'd be better off not training at all. Yep. If you're not going to eat well before you go work out, don't work out because you're going to lose muscle mass. It's the same with yeah. that. It's it's a leadership at the opposite end of leadership gluttony yep. is this leadership atrophy. Yep. And I think we have a lot of people like that said, no, I'm really good. That's why I got promoted to this position. Mm-hmm. Like I was the best sales guy. Now I'm the sales manager. Mm-hmm. And I was the best sales manager. So now I'm the best sales director. Yep. And I was the best director. So now I'm the sales VP. Yep. Okay. What have you actually done though to grow your skills and abilities to lead at that level? Yeah. Right. I think it's why you literally, you shouldn't have any kind of performance-oriented conversation without without remi- at least reminding, or if you're a leader, casting vision or having a conversation around what the purpose is, the, mm. the overall purpose of the company. Because yeah, the day-to-day, we're going to be talking about these metrics or these things that we need to deliver on, but it's so easy for those things, the more tangible things like that, to become the focal point which then drives your strategy, sure. which then really drives what people hold one another accountable on, right? So if as a leader, if you're not constantly casting vision for why you do what you do, what direction are we headed, what's the overall purpose, then it's easy for people to deviate and only focus on a few of the important metrics rather than all of the important metrics, which is uh, how are we making progress organizationally as a culture, mm-hmm. right? things like that. Um, because organizations will always probably tend to drift towards that which is easiest to understand. And are we winning and losing on the financial? But like you said, if if we have the purpose, the mission statement constantly in front of us, and we actually believe it, like it's something we actually care about, right. not just something we just created because it sounds good yeah. and it's marketable, yeah. then we'll drive our decisions through it. And that, that harmony, right, of culture and business, culture and business. We run all of our business decisions through our cultural filters, and we run all of our cultural decisions through our business strategies, right? Yep. Like that harmony, it has to exist. Otherwise, you just deviate and you probably become just too nearsighted. Yeah. Right? I think that's, I mean, you think about a, a performance review, right? Um, meets expectations, exceeds expectations, or does not meet expectations. Like there should be a category in there related to the mission statement and it should mm-hmm. be listed. And based off who you are and the way you show up and what you do, what you do, as it relates to our mission, mm-hmm. are you meeting or exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the actual metrics, right? Yep. It, because here's why we all love a hard number. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, lo- it's I want, easy. It's easy. I can go, look, we have more points than you. We win. Yeah. Right. Hey, your average score was this. And so, so all of a sudden, and that's what causes leaders to look at personal development and growth of people and go, mm-hmm. what's the ROI? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to send you to that conference. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost 1500 bucks plus your travel, and you're going to be gone for three days. Yep. What do I get in return? Mm-hmm. What's the ROI? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I probably can't put a number to it. Yeah. I mean, I, could I? Maybe. Yeah. Could I be making it up? Probably. Yeah. Right? But at some level, I as a leader have to trust, no, no, it's worth the investment Yeah. to grow your leadership mm-hmm. and grow your personal development because what you're going to bring back, mm-hmm. there's going to be some tangible, sure, Mm-hmm. But there's going to be some some intangible results. Yep. And I just have to be okay with that tension. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what 
I feel, mm-hmm. regardless of what the you know um, people outside the the organization may say. Mm-hmm. I got to be comfortable with the tension that everything doesn't have an ROI. Yeah, everything doesn't have a hard ROI. Right. Yeah, that's well said. It's something I've been. I, I I find myself in conflict a lot as I you know I, I love reading books. Believe me, I'm a I'm a leadership. Glutton is that glutton, right? Yeah, glutton. glutton. Like, I think I, so. Yeah, because I love the stuff, right? Yeah. It fires me up and it resonates with who I am. And um, I can't read any of it before I go to bed, or else I'll be up till one a.m. Because I'm just excited about the stuff that it, you know, yep. the stuff that that talks about. But I find often that really, ultimately, in in some ways, culture and where our culture is at and society is at tends to define to some degree, what good leadership is, right? Like if you're talking about, uh, let's just get crazy with it, like ancient Rome or ancient Greece, or you're talking mm-hmm. about um, uh, N- Napoleon Bonaparte with, with um, like people would probably all look back there and say the Roman Empire had great leadership because they were expansive. They expanded beyond their borders, right? They they took over a lot of territory and the people that, the Caesars, great leadership. Now, I don't really remember ever reading anything that came out of, that empire or any of those um, empires that said, you know, we, we really take care of people really well, <laughs> right. we really take care of people really well um, because it was all about conquest. Right. It was all about expansion. It was all about glory and power and things like that. So, you know, they, they were successful in that regard. I just think we've learned so much about how human beings function because we care so much more about human beings right now and the longevity of a human being right now that it dictates essentially what, what good, well-rounded leadership is. Right. And yes, it's to be successful, whatever the goal is, which as a side note, really emphasizes the importance of strategic goal setting. Mm, yeah. Because if that's the baseline, if we orient everything toward our goal, then you better be good at your goal making. Yeah. Right. And pour good thought, good time, good strategy into it. Don't be flippant about the goals, right? And also at the same time, if you see that that momentum is heading in a different direction. I would also say don't be so rigid to a certain goal as to be unwilling to flex on it when you need to. Yep. Right? Yep. Anyways, um, but we just know so much more about how human beings function now that you can't just solely focus on organizational performance. Yes, that's that's one of the key indicators of of a leader's ability to get people to function, but it depends on what your mission statement is, right? Right. What your goals, and we've said making lives better. And the second you say that, the second you say that and you throw that out there, it dictates what good leadership is, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the target you've set up. Yeah. So if you're not aiming towards that target or if any of your actions don't fall in alignment with it, instantly it erodes trust, yep. right? Instantly it calls into question, at least amongst your team, your ability to lead effectively or what kind of leader you are. It would almost been almost have been never if you'd never said it at all been better if you'd never said it at all right if you'd never set the expectation then you can only focus on just bottom line metrics and performance but the second you define it as something more as going for something more then you obligate yourself to a certain standard of behavior as a leader that um you can't not that you can't make mistakes Mm -hmm. but you can't consistently misalign with what that goal is. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just talking. No, I, because, I mean, you think about the way we know people want to be treated and need to be treated. Yep. You compared it with, you compared it with ancient Rome. One of my favorite podcasts is a guy by the name of Dan Carlin. He's got a podcast called Hardcore History. Yeah. 
and I just got done listening to a three and a half hour episode where he was um he was talking about Olympus, um, Alexander the Great's mom mm. and what it took for Alexander the Great to come into power. Like if we lived by those standards today, the next in line for your job, you'd have them poisoned or killed. Yeah. Because that's how, because it was about getting in power and then keeping power as long as possible. Yeah. Right. Because it was all that was how you measured success. Yes. And like you said, if we measure success by making lives better, if we measure success by how how meaningful is our relationship, not mm-hmm. just transactional, but relational, yeah. then I better show up differently than just worried about PL. Mm-hmm. PL is a huge responsibility, by the way, because we have a whole bunch of people counting on us to do our jobs really well. Mm-hmm. Right? They need to make mortgage payments. They want to take their kids to summer camp. They want to mm-hmm. do vacations. They have braces to pay for. Like we need to we need to run the business well. That goes back to that goal setting yeah. and knowing what you're doing. But there's mm-hmm. there's a way to do it in which everybody can win and more people can can win. And I don't even know if win's the right word because yeah. I don't think it is winning, but everyone can feel like they've contributed and take something away from it of yeah. value. Yeah. Than just going, well, let's just have the 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 people at the very top get mm-hmm. all the spoils and everyone else is is yeah. on their own. It's well said. <laughs> I'm sitting thinking because I'm guilty of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting thinking of myself right now. So we're, you and I are sitting here having this conversation. I feel good about it. Uh, I think I think we're fairly accurate in the things that we're saying. But am I actually going to go out and implement it? Am I actually going to go out and lead any differently? Right? Because of, and I like to think that I already try to lead. Like everything I'm saying is representative of how I already try to lead and how I coach people to lead. But this is a perfect example of the leadership gluttony piece, right? Like we can gather around, we can talk about leadership, mm-hmm. we can read the books. Uh, and I think that's why in this day and age, it's getting more and more and more difficult to discern good leadership from just things like charisma, hmm. thing, you know, just the facade, things that look like good leadership. It is so easy for me, and I'll be the first one to say I'm guilty of it. It's so easy for me to just copy and paste a quote, put it up on a LinkedIn post or an Instagram post or repeat it in a meeting and suddenly I sound like a very insightful, great leader. It's so easy to do that. In fact, I know a lot of people, I, I'm guilty of it too, where I can even get up and I can say a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. I can say a lot of great things and I can say it in a fairly compelling way. I can be charismatic as I deliver the message. Mm-hmm. And those people in that room might think, wow, what a great leader. But they actually have no idea if I'm a good leader or not, because maybe they're not on my team. Right. Right. They don't actually see my day to day and how they, the best measurement would be to actually go talk to the people that I lead. <laughs> right. I say, what's your day to day like? Yeah. Does he lead you effectively? Yeah. Right. Does he live that out every single yeah. day? So, or uh, is he as good as he is? Is he as good with you all as he is with us? Totally. Right. And, and the people on the team may go, no, he's not the same guy at all. Yeah. Like, he's awful. Yeah. Like we can't stand working yep. for him. Yeah. Right. But we have the this persona or we we're when we're on, if you're used to, to speaking or doing that kind of stuff, you know when you're on. And mm-hmm. so when you're on, mm-hmm. you're on and mm-hmm. and that can be um yeah, it can be really, really hard, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to convey in those moments, you're trying to convey a message. And you know as well as I do, because you've delivered messages in lots of different settings. Mm-hmm. There are times that that message is for nobody in the room but me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I am strictly... It's really just a confession time yes. is what it is <laughs> in front of a lot of people. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, uh, it's Karthik. It feels good to... <laughs> I feel good to get it out. I, I had a... I, it happens... I know we're talking in, 
and even leadership settings, but but I, I put it in the context of, you know, from speaking, giving a message on a Sunday, and I sure, had someone yeah. come up and at the last one I gave, they said, hey, they're like, thanks a lot for making us feel really bad. And I looked at them and I said, listen, if I'm going to feel miserable over all of this stuff, I'm bringing y'all bringing with me. All, everyone in this room is going to feel as bad as I felt for the last yeah. month. Like that's just right. But I think there's a recognition there. Yeah. There's also a recognition yep. to, to know when to go, listen, I'm saying this for myself as well. Sure. Because I know it's true and I know it's right, but it, just because yep. it's true and it's right and I'm saying it with conviction doesn't yep. mean I actually do it well. Totally. All of the time, yeah, right? Absolutely. And that's where vulnerability and transparency absolutely. has to come in. Yep, because otherwise people will see that your day-to-day behavior doesn't align with the things that you're saying. And if you haven't already qualified it as being something like, hey, I'm speaking to myself right now. Like, I know what I should be doing, and I admittedly struggle with it at times too. That level of vulnerability will actually build a lot of trust, and then will give you a lot of grace from your mm-hmm. people when you do actually make mistakes and you yeah. don't completely live up to what you're saying because they understand it. It's just a journey and a process for you just as much as it is for them, right? right. That's exactly right. So, exactly. yeah, it's the the leadership gluttony piece. It's I think it's pretty prevalent in our culture, and I think it's going to become increasingly more difficult uh, for us to discern good leaders from just ones that talk about good leadership mm-hmm. because most of the most of the ways in which we're able to see leaders these days it's quick hit stuff right it's the it's the linkedin post it's the instagram post it's the facebook post it's the short little tidbit that that person delivers in a morning meeting it's things like that or you sit in the boardroom right and you might be able to say a really good thing in front of the entire executive team that entire executive team might think oh yeah that person is a phenomenal leader but it might not actually be the case, mm-hmm. right? Because the day-to-day with your people, they might say something entirely different. I just think it's actually going to become increasingly difficult as we continue to progress as a society and things are easily shareable, mm-hmm. things are easily repeatable, mm-hmm. that to discern a good leader, like a truly good leader from someone that just can consume, 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 and maybe regurgitate a little mm-hmm. bit, rather than actually let it fuel their performance, yep. uh, there's a difference. Yeah, for sure there is. For sure there is. All right. So here's the takeaway. Um, for those of you that have stuck around and are still, still <laughs> I listening. I think it's, it's probably just you and I okay, right me now. And you that's, again, fine. that's fine. That's okay. Um, <laughs> here's what I want. I want you to look at what you've consumed in the last seven days. Look at your leadership consumption. What podcasts have you listened to? What books have you read? Um, what LinkedIn articles have you read? What have you What have you read? What have you consumed? And now on the other side of the page, look at your output. What has been the exercise that you've done, and what is the work have you, that you've done? And does the output match the input, or where is there a deficiency? Maybe you've input way too much, and you realize oh, I'm probably there's probably a little bit of gluttonous a little bit of gluttony there, or is it vice versa? You look back over the last seven days and you've been crazy, crazy busy leading your team or leading your organization. And you realize you haven't fueled up. And now all of a sudden there's atrophy and your leadership muscle is starting to deteriorate and eat itself from the inside out. So just, just do that. Look over the back over the last seven days. Is there an excess of intake or is there a deficiency of intake? And then adjust accordingly. And maybe it means you need to have a conversation with someone and ask them, where are you deficient? Where are your blind spots? Um, If you're someone who likes to consume a lot, ask someone, hey, do you see me living this out consistently, right? Just 
have some of those questions and engage in some of those conversations. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and views on this whole idea. Again, we weren't sure where this was going to go. We knew it may ramble a little bit, but I think the idea is there. So I'd love for you to comment or share with us um, when you think about intake and output of leadership and leadership gluttony or leadership atrophy. What are your thoughts? What are you seeing? That comment that Trace made right at the end that it's going to be harder and harder to tell what good, genuine, authentic leadership is. I think that's a powerful statement um, and one that I'd love to hear how you guys wrestle with. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email them to us, academy at lci1.com. You can hit us up on LinkedIn. You can hit me up on LinkedIn. We'd love to hear. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, as always, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the viewer mission of Lippert Components, Inc. Thanks to Eternity Bro for our theme music, our executive producer, Michael Yoder, and the, and the amazing team over at Truthwork Media for the production. Until next time, I'm your host, Dustin Carr, reminding you to think differently, lead courageously, and live passionately. See ya. See ya.